I'm Jim. And I'm Emily. And we're, we're the, the Summers, Summers family. family. She works in an office. And he runs the home. Together, we're raising our four kids with an emphasis on family, adventure, and the arts. Welcome to the Summers Time Podcast. All right. Welcome to the second episode of the Summers Time Podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. We had a lot of good traction from the first episode, so we're excited to continue on and hopefully be bringing you guys this content uh, once a week if we can keep up to that. So for this uh, episode, we thought we would kind of piggyback on last week's episode with what we would call an unconventional relationship. So and why don't you tell our listeners what that means? So I think there's a lot of ways to have an unconventional relationship these days. And frankly, I think the crux of it is being authentic to who you are as an individual and being authentic to what you're bringing to your relationship. And um, really, to me, it's about not necessarily falling prey to what you're supposed to do. Um, So for us, it um, has manifested in a few ways, but one that's the most obvious to the people in our community and those around us is that you stay home with the kids. So you're Mm -hmm. kind of like the Mr. Mom to use a stereotypical. I've heard it a couple of times. People say Mr. Mom, so I'm used to it. (laughs) And I work in a corporate setting. Right. And um, for me, I guess it's a little bit less unconventional than it might appear to some people because I had a father who was a stay-at-home dad and a mom who worked in the corporate setting. So right. I I was able to grow up kind of visualizing and understanding um, that maybe things were possible um, that other families didn't necessarily see growing up. Right. Um, but it's been really interesting to see it even t- in today's age, despite the fact that it's become a little bit more prevalent, it's still unusual. And there's some funny ways that we've seen that yeah. play out. And there's some less funny ways that we've seen it play out. But for the episode tonight, we wanted to talk about our experiences and mm-hmm. explore a little bit of how we've made it work and why we have approached it this way and what motivated us to do this and some of the little hacks that we found along the way to make it work. Right. I agree. And I think that um, while you were talking there, I was kind of thinking along lines of, I remember when when we got together um, and when we decided our relationship was going to be solid and we were going to take it to the next level with marriage and whatnot. I remember you saying to me, just so you know, when kids come along, I do not want to be the stay-at-home parent. You kind of put that out there right away and said, not going to happen. I need to have the work-life balance. I want to be a worker and a mom and a parent. And I said, okay, well, if, if push comes to shove or if this is what we want to do, then I'm, I'm happy to take that role on. I also think, as you had stated, that it's kind of embedded in you. And this is where you and I differ, but I actually like the fact that it is different because I come from a family that's very... Uh, very stereotypical of the mom stayed at home and the dad worked. My mom had six kids and the oldest of six. And I think it was after my sister Mary was born, she stayed home full time and had four more kids after that. And my dad just worked and worked and worked. And so I was always used to having my mom at home and I would see my dad, of course, but um, he, you know, he was working and he was traveling and 
staying late at the office and whatnot. So it was a very stereotypical version of of the stay at home mom and the and the the parents the way they the way they operate. But yeah, your, yours is it was quite different with your dad staying at home and your mom working. And I always kind of got the idea, especially after you told me that you didn't want to be the stay-at-home mom, that you kind of wanted to emulate that. That was comfortable for you. That was a comfort thing, that your dad stayed home and your mom worked. You liked it. You kind of wanted to emulate it, even if maybe you didn't know that. Well, I think it wasn't so much of a comfort thing. I think it was more that I recognized within me um, uh, certain ways that I wanted to live my life that would make me feel more fulfilled. And so I... I recognized early on that I wanted to be, I wanted to work and I wanted to be a mom. And I have so much respect for uh, stay at home moms or, you know, however, whoever. I, I think it is such a challenging thing to do. And one of right. the, 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 perspectives that I have on it um, for why I have such respect for it, but also how I really, really knew that I wasn't going to be a stay-at-home mom is when I was on maternity leave. I just was one of those crazy people that, yeah, you know, you, it was fine. You, it was fine. <laughs> I remember that distinctly, again, with all four of our kids. And I, I actually, that's funny, or that's interesting you bring that up because I think in all seriousness, that helped solidify why you were going to be the, the worker and I was going to be the stay-at-home parent if that's what it came to. Because I remember you being on maternity leave and you, at the beginning, you were fine because you, you know, we had a new baby and you had a job to do by feeding the kid and all that good stuff. And, but, and that's, and so that was what was working at the time. But I do know that as it progressed, you got antsy and you wanted to get back to doing things. I think you felt like you were, I kind of got the sense that you felt like you were being left behind a little bit. You just didn't seem like that was something that you wanted to do. You felt like you wanted to, you had more to offer in the workforce not just being stay at home. And I, I'm just always, I've always just been kind of go with the flow, whatever seems right, whatever seems logical. Um, and while I enjoyed working, uh, I mean, everything has its ups and downs. I enjoyed working, but I was happy to be able to work for what I love most. And that's this family and the people in it and the home that we have and our possessions and our health and all that stuff. So I try to you and Maintain I lucked that. out. We lucked out because we both felt called to where we are right now. Mm-hmm. You felt called. You you felt I remember I remember before you started staying at home, we had a big conversation about is is this going to give you enough of a purpose? Like what's your purpose right. going to be? And we it was it was interesting because you said, "But what if this is my purpose? This feels like this is my purpose, and like your purpose right. didn't have to be wrapped up in the business world, and I thought that was like such a a cool way to capture it, but for you, like that felt very aligned with where you wanted to be for me, it felt very aligned with that I wanted to work um right. so we really lucked out, but man, I look at some other relationships, and I just think, gosh, how hard must it be if both uh, people in the relationship want to work, but you also, you know, maybe want you want someone time at, at home. Yeah. You want someone at home. And, um, so there's a lot of ways to do it, but for us, it's worked out really well. Right. Now there's definitely been some hitches along the way, but just to capture like that initial piece of it, like who should stay at home, how all of that stuff. I think the most important thing in a relationship is like, this is one of the key things that you need to be communicating from a very early stage is what fills you up. 
Mm-hmm. And from very, very early, you and I were both clear about what we were comfortable and not comfortable doing. Sure. And we explored it as we grew our family. And, you know, we started having more experiences that either validated or didn't validate what we thought to be true. Mm-hmm. But I think that made it um, so much easier of a decision was that we weren't just kind of pulling a like oh hey by the way what i always wanted to do was this thing and it's not that you can't have that conversation later but exploring um those those types of conversations early i think it's good so to me that that was like point number one is have a plan core conversations about the roles that you from your perspective at each stage in your marriage like where you think you fit in, you know, kind of balancing out the family dynamic. But so to to take it to the next stage is what's been easy about it and what's been hard about it. Like the easy thing right. I think we kind of touched on was that we both we both kind of fortunately Knew that this fit was, snugly into yeah, our This our, is what we wanted to yeah. do. So we were gonna make it happen. We both felt fulfilled by the path that we took, but Maybe you want to talk about some of the things that were challenging for you. I know right. one. I'll tell one straight off the bat. Okay, go ahead. And it continues to be a challenge. Is it going to incriminate me? Better. <laughs> I've gotten better. Well, that's good. That's one, a positive. All right. One of the biggest challenges has been doing the girl's hair. Oh, jeez. <laughs> for dance. I'm sure this will make people laugh. Yes, I know. I try. In fact, Jane told me today, you'll get a kick out of this. Jane told me today as I was waiting for Lily to drop her off, I had the other kids in the car because Lily had danced this afternoon. And Jane out of the blue just said, Daddy, Miss Robin said, I need to have my hair in a bun. And I will admit, full on, I am not a hair person. I have a hard time keeping my own hair in well, line, I know, never mind like, my Lily, daughter's. Lily has tried to help you, like with. Bar- I can't wait Barbies. till she gets better. I can't wait till she's able to do everything. She can help me on that so but much. She's tried to demonstrate for you the ways of how to do it, and but I you've don't, gotten. She, I don't recall that. Maybe I've pushed it aside. I don't know. But you've gotten better. So hair has been interesting, right? Um, but what are some of the other things that were a challenge for you, and how did you like? What do you What do you think has helped you navigate some of the? bumps. Sure. Well, I think, and this is a little bit more on a serious note, as we, I know we've talked about this, uh, well, over the course of the last now year and a half, I started staying at home September of 2018. Uh, and so it's been, yeah, about a little, almost a year and a half, I guess now. And the one, the one thing or a couple things that I was not anticipating was just how different of a lifestyle it was going to be, even though it's not that different. So for those that are listening that are like, huh, what do you mean? I've kind of joked around with you, Em, that I said I'm, I'm, it's going to take me a year to kind of settle in and, and really understand what I need to be doing because I've got four kids that I need to now figure out you know, school and activities and bath time and reading and bedtime and dinner and you know the list goes on and on. Um, so I said it's going to take me a little while. Uh, but I remember saying to you, I said, all right, just imagine like this. If you get a promotion at work, which you've had a couple of them over the years. You're taking on new responsibilities. You might be switching jobs as you just did recently, but within the same company, you're learning things new, of course, um, but you already have a foundation there. Pretty good, especially you. You've got a good foundation with your with your career. You've been working for over 12 years now, same company. Um, so I think that that makes it a little bit easier for you and I'm, to go into something new. For me, I, like I said, I you know, kind of said, 
imagine quitting your job now and working at like the White Hen or, you know, a gas station or something. And I'm not saying that those are bad jobs. I'm just saying they're just totally different. And so that was what it was like for me. I, I stopped working in kind of the, the tech world that I had been in. And, um, and I went right into, you know, taking care of the home and the, the kids within. And, and while, again, while it's been great, it's been a challenge that I wasn't expecting. Um, but all good, just a matter of like really finding out my new routine. So for instance, one of the things that I felt guilty about at the, at the beginning, uh, but now I've, I've been okay with, and I realize how my day works is that Whereas before I was working kind of a nine to five type of job, Monday through Friday, I'd get up, go to the office, do my work. I'd get an hour for lunch. I'd get done at four or five in the afternoon and come home and then spend time with the family. Uh, that changed to, I get up in the morning like I normally do. I take care of the kids, get them off to school, do some stuff around the house, run errands, whatever it might be, have lunch. And then there's a little bit of a, a lull because, well, for instance, when when I first started, our daughters, Jane and uh, Ellie were home, so they would take naps. That kind of stopped after a little while. But when they were taking naps, I was kind of recharging my battery in order to get ready for the other kids to come home from school because then as soon as they're home, it's homework. It's, uh, well, put all your stuff away, do your homework, and then maybe a little bit of downtime for them to play. But then it's, I'm starting to make dinner. And especially if you're traveling, then I'm you know getting them ready for bed, reading to them and all that good stuff. So my day kind of picks back up. So I felt guilty at first when I was kind of hanging out, you know, at one or two in the afternoon thinking, well, Emily's working right now. And I'm kind of lying on the couch, taking a little breather here. And I felt bad about that. But, but then I realized that I had to pick it back up and, you know, I didn't get to stop. So anyways, that was a kind of something I needed to adjust to amongst a lot of other things that I think I've finally caught my groove, but it's, I'm still learning, still learning, you know. Yeah. And I fit, I think that fits the theme of unconventional relationship and an unconventional approach to how to play your role, because I think a lot of people get hung up on well, this is the script for how I am supposed to be a stay-at-home parent, or this is the sure. script for how I'm supposed to be a working parent. And you went off script. I don't know that I've heard of a stay-at-home. That it probably happens, but I haven't heard of a stay-at-home parent who like takes a not. You're not like nap. Well, maybe you are, but you're having downtime in the afternoon. Yeah, you're you're like having a self-imposed type of yeah. adult nap time. Recharging. And um and but I think that's so important. Like I think that's a really good lesson for anybody is you don't you don't have to have your day form to the, yeah, look a certain the way that you that society says it's supposed to look right one thing that's worked out really great for us because you do that and so i'm so respectful of the fact that you do it and like grateful that you do it is i my script was i thought when i got home from work because i'd been gone all day or maybe i was traveling i thought that my script was i was supposed to come home and like take over give, the kids and yeah take them yeah. over and give you a break but what was difficult with that is i am not a night person oh you're Get, dead like, tired when I you am, get home i'm exhausted and so like corralling the kids and doing all of this stuff was really hard for me, especially waking up so early. Right. But the fact that we kind of like adjusted realizing, well, you had a break midday. So you helping out with the kids at night, like I actually didn't need to feel the responsibility to shoulder that 100%. So sure. we share 
we share the efforts. I have really good connection time with them where we do reading a bedtime story and we definitely like I hang out with the kids, but I don't feel like I need to 100% take them on and like you go off and uh, right. do something else. So moral of the story is it's okay to go off script with whatever role you've chosen to take conventional or not conventional. Um, but on that note, something else that I found as being the sole working parent, but frankly, I think this would be the case for any working parent is I had to really get clear about the time that I needed for me. Like that whole concept of you can't pour from an empty glass or an empty pitcher. Mm -hmm. Um, I found that it was, it became very crucial for me to have time in the morning because the time for the rest of the day was not guaranteed to be dedicated to me. It's and if I, up. yeah, if I didn't have that, then there were, I just, I felt like I couldn't show up as well for everybody else. So we now have gotten to the point where I'm waking up at 4.15 every morning so I can get my yeah. workout in. So I, I have a whole morning routine that maybe we can do another podcast on that. But be, being able for me to wake up at 4.15 and do my thing and I'm not interrupted and it's my like. So your time basically. It's your time. Focus to, time. Yeah. yeah me and time. You've got your time in the afternoon and then, um, you know, we're kind of coming together. I, I feel like we've done a really good job of not holding ourselves to expectations just because right. that's the way it's supposed to be done. And and to a uh, couple on top, on top of that, I agree because being the unconventional way we are, uh, at least for me, it's been kind of interesting for me to go into a lot of scenarios where it's mostly moms and then there's me. And and there are a couple other dads at the preschool that Ellie goes to. We, I actually do see quite a few dads, but I think some of them are also not necessarily stay-at-home dads. They're just they've got uh, flexibility with their job, so they're able to help that way, which is great um, because I think that's a key player in today's workforce, if you ask me. But that's also another topic, maybe for another time. Um, but I do see a lot of dads around, but mostly it's still moms, and it's been a little bit like weird for me because I'm not. It's not that I'm uncomfortable around women by any means, but it's just not like what I was used to. Again, I. I would just kind of always thought I would be in the workforce. And and when you and I were both working, uh, that's how it was. Our babysitter was female. She would kind of take on that role while you and I were working. And we'd come home and get a little bit of a report from her on what happened. Um, with that said, it was also, that was where we kind of thought, all right, maybe it's time to start, quote unquote, raising our own kids because we were getting information from our babysitter that we thought maybe we should start getting firsthand, which is where I, what I'm doing now. So now I think I mentioned this on last week's episode. <clears throat> I basically report things that happen at home now directly to you versus, you know, one of us maybe hearing it from the babysitter and then relaying it to the, to the other. Um, we're able to get everything firsthand. But it was and still is to this day a, a bit strange sometimes when I'm around mostly, you know, moms, stay-at-home moms or otherwise. And I'm getting used to that concept of it's just it's just kind of strange because it's not the world that I was used to when I was a kid. So You know, um for for me, this is second generation of the man staying at home. But so it's very interesting to me to see some of the maybe outdated things that happen that I, I frankly I found a little bit surprising but it's interesting when you have to submit forms to activities events schools or whatever mm -hmm. and you've got both parents listed right. and we will even list you 
before me. And they'll call you. But I will get the calls. Yeah. Because yep. I'm the woman. Yep. Um, or, or the emails or the texts or whatever. You get contacted. Yeah. yeah. We've, we've noticed that. Or we were starting to think to ourselves because the preschool that Ellie goes to has daddy day with the kids on Saturdays. It's, and yeah. Then, and, and so we were like, you Even should be it's the called one daddy going. <laughs> day. I should go to daddy day. And then maybe right. one day they'll update it to, I don't know what you call it. I but. don't either because it makes sense when it's like, when you think about it, it makes sense to say, I think it's called daddy and me. And I think that's just, again, historically, it has usually been the dad that's working. So this is an opportunity for the, the dad to come into the child's school. Um, but, you know, yeah, it's not as much like that. And they, when I'm at the school and they're talking about it in front of us, they do usually mention if dad can't make it, you know, mom or a significant other or grandma or whatever, that's always, you know, they're always welcome. It's just kind of a formality that they call it that, I think, still. But, but to, you know, to your point, those are, those are some of the conventionally unconventional, is that the right way to do it? Or maybe it's unconventionally conventional, where it's like, it seems like that's the norm, but it's not for us because... I'm the man who's doing most of that stuff. And so when it's daddy and me, it's like, well, I'm there anyways. Or like, I mean, you're doing a good job, but you get kudos for like showing up. Oh yeah, you're <laughs> right. Be like, yeah, it's like, oh, hey, Jim's here. He's so good. good. Dad. <laughs> like, man. I'm just doing what I, I'm just doing what any parent would do. I do think like for us, the way we approach that is we totally roll with it. And then yeah. we, we just go, Okay, for the daddy and me thing, we go, oh, that's interesting. It probably never even really occurred to anyone that that might not fit all families. So if I just start, like the way that we would approach it is for me to just start showing up on daddy day. And then that might just bring some awareness. I think we're a little bit passive aggressive about our approach to some of these things. But that's some of the funny stuff. I I will say, as you mentioned that, this happened maybe just a, a week or two or three weeks ago or something like that. One of the teachers did say while I was sitting there, you know, she was she was speaking to the parents that are there after each after every class. They kind of tell us what's happened for the day or whatever. And I, I think they one of the teachers was like, OK, so all you moms out there are just what I and I was like thinking I'm sitting there. I'm like, you're going to say all you moms and dads like I'm right here. I'm like literally in the front row <laughs> addressing all the moms and forgetting that, you know, there might be a dad or two here. And to your point as well, and I'm laughing, I don't really care. It doesn't offend me at all. I know this is how historically things have happened. I am not going to sit there and try to go, rah, 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 let's fix this societal issue of, but no, I don't care that much. I, I get a kick out of it. I think it's funny. Um, but it is kind of interesting how it's just the norm is to say that, you know, the mom is the the one who stays at home with the kids and the dad is the worker. I think one thing that has helped us a lot is building trust because when, just like you said, you needed a transition period to get accustomed to it. Right. I need a transition period to let go because there was a lot of things that I was controlling over. True. And oh, I just... I just read this somewhere. I actually screenshotted it. I was going to show it to you. I forgot. But um, I read someone who said that they have finally realized um, something like love is actually giving up control. Love that actually. love is <laughs> that love is about trust and mm. not controlling 
um, the other person or the circumstances. And I could really relate to that because with you staying at home, there were a lot of things where I had to be like, you said, let it go. Yeah. Like the, I, unless I make an effort to lay clothes out, they might be mismatched when they go to school. But here, okay. And interestingly enough, here's why they're not mismatched. I think there's two reasons. One, because, and people will laugh at this, those that know me, my style is not great. I'll admit that. But I think I've gotten better just by learning over time. And I do know that, you know, certain colors don't go with each other. I get that. I'm not that bad. But also, and the more important one, is that the laundry is done and I know exactly where it should be. That was one thing actually that I did not expect to pick up on as quickly as I did. And now it makes me think of my mother who always knew and probably still does seemingly where everything was in the house. I remember that when I was a kid, mom, I can't find this or whatever. I can't find that. She's like, well, you left it on there. You left it over there. It's there, there, there. And I was like, how does she know where everything is? And I have now kind of picked up on that. And only in a year and a half, I, you know, one of the kids will say, dad, I can't find my boot. I saw it in the closet over there in that drawer or whatever, and they'll go and they'll find it. It'll be there. Same with doing the laundry. I know where the shirts go. I know where the pants go. I know where the sweaters and dresses go. And I know where the coats are in the closet and the boots. And I just, now I know where everything is. So I don't feel like there's ever really a scramble. And therefore I don't, and obviously you're going to take this the right way. I don't need your help getting them dressed because I know where everything is. It's almost like if you were to jump in and help, I would probably tell you to buzz off be like, no, 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 I got this. Go, 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 go. Because I have my own plan and I have my own methods of, of doing things. That, and I think, is another reason that you and I are somewhat successful so far at this is because you and I are both methodical. And once we get into our groove, stay out of our way. I think both of us are pretty respectful of that for each other, but also others. Like, get out of our way. Let us do our thing and everything will work out type of thing. So I have... I have seen that you have taken a unique approach to several things with staying at home. And maybe it's like fresh set of eyes. I don't really know. Maybe maybe guys just don't. Like, I was going to say maybe it's a guy thing. Who knows? <laughs> maybe guys just try to find ways to simplify. Oh, but can that. you can you talk about some of the things that you, I'll, I'll prompt you with a few that I can think of. Right. That if I think about how you run the day are maybe not what you, like. like I think you found some life hacks, I guess on how to be a stay-at-home dad. So I follow the Twitter handle life hack or something like that. So, oh yeah, absolutely. That's not that I go on Twitter much anymore, but that is one of my favorite things to do is it life hack is kind of the, the new age term, I suppose, but it's almost what can make it easier uh, logically and practically that makes it done. Like here's what I need to have done. And now it's done because I did this. So anyways, keep going with your... So one of the things I can think of is in the morning, you have the kids make their own lunches. You'll prepare a couple items, but they have to put their own lunches together. I make the sandwiches. They do the rest. They do the rest. Um, you also um, have them help put their laundry away mm -hmm. at a young age, like tonight before we came down to... Do to record this. Ellie helped. She's three, about to be four, but she helped put her own clothes away. Mm -hmm. um, and you were there, but the fact that she's doing it, I think, is great. Um, you, we, for dinners. Why don't you talk a little bit about dinners? Because you were really nervous about that 
stepping into this. Yeah, and I'm we're not endorsed by anyone, obviously, so I'm not saying this to look for an endorsement. But we use um, one of those meal prepared prepared meals uh, that get delivered to you, um, and it's called HelloFresh. Some of you guys listening might know what that is. We get three meals a week delivered that are basically you just it's all the ingredients and the recipe. You just need to prepare it. That to me is like a godsend because I am not really a cook. I can do breakfast items. That was always what I could do. I could make eggs and do bacon, sausage. I mean, it's, I think pretty much anyone can do that. So, uh, but that was what I was always okay doing. But with these, it's great to be able to just pull three bags out of a box plus whatever meat and fish or whatever might come with it. And then I pick one that I want to do and I make it. And it takes anywhere between a half hour and 45 minutes to make and uh, just divvy it up and serve it up. And it's relatively healthy food as well. So yes, the dinner thing was a little scary for me at first. You also have the kids do their piano practicing in the morning. So there's like Mm -hmm. a really strong rhythm and you guys have a routine that you follow pretty well to a T. And one of the things they have to do after they eat breakfast is go practice piano, which I think is awesome because the same way for me where I have a morning routine where it ensures I get my workout in every morning. Right. If I save that to the end of the day, it's, it may not happen. It may not happen. Same thing with the kids and piano. If we save that for the end of the day, it may not happen. We never know what's going to crop up. But doing it in the morning, it gets done every single day. Yeah, and it, that goes along with last week's episode when you said part of the reason that we're now doing the weekly conference on a Sunday morning is because you're guaranteed that time, and you you know that you know that the the craziness of the day hasn't begun yet. That's kind of the same concept, even though I didn't really think of it that way initially. But it's almost like checking boxes. Like, okay, let's get up, let's get going, get dressed, brush your teeth, have some breakfast. Uh, I do their hair at that point, but apparently it's maybe not great yet. Um, and then they go right into make their lunches and do piano. Literally, it's just, I mean, in my head, I'm just checking boxes as I go. And then by the time it's, well, about 8.15 or 10 after 8 is when I bring Jane to the bus. I come back and then I shoo Jack and Lily out the door. They walk to school. And then if, if it's Monday or Wednesday, I'll take Ellie. If not, she stays with me. And then I can move on with stuff that I need to do for the day. So it it's almost like kind of, and this is going to sound weird, maybe bad to some people. It's almost like just getting stuff done so I can move on with my day and so that they're set to go. But it's also very um, important things. Like you said, piano in the morning just gets the day going. It's a routine. Um, their brains are fresh in the morning after resting at night, so they're not sluggish and you know easily distracted. So they're able to just go and practice their piano and, and move on. And it's done every day. And I remember I used to give them a day off if they had – I think it was the day of their lesson or the day after. I can't remember. I would say, all right, you don't have to. And then I thought, no, just do it every day because we don't really do it on the weekends. So every day during the week, just do your piano. They have to make their lunches. They get like hot lunch once a week so they can get a little bit of a treat. Generally, it's on Fridays. That helps me because then I don't have to prepare uh, the sandwiches or whatever. So it's, it's all kind of in my brain just putting things together, which comes back to the initial question or one of the initial things I was saying, I needed to figure all that out. I went from a blank slate to, okay, how am I going to do this, 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 and this and get into a routine and feel comfortable. And I've finally found that. Let's talk about some of the things that are challenges that are still a challenge or things that we're working on because there's a lot of things that are good, but it's not 
it's not necessarily all good. So one of the things for me that I'm trying to work on that's been hard is giving you kudos because it's really easy to just kind of have just kind of have tunnel vision and be go, go, go and either not pick up on some of the things that you've done or pick up, but not really make the time to say something. And you pointed out to me at one point that me going into an office, there's a bit of a structure that um, if you're not the best at it, it kind of forces you to acknowledge the good work of other people or there's performance reviews. So you know that you're on pace or Mm -hmm. you can feel good about what you're doing or you can make adjustments and modifications. But in this situation, you don't really have a a way to know that. And Mm -hmm. you might have done something that you think is really phenomenal and nobody acknowledges it. So it can be thankless kind of is what I've said. Yeah. I'm not trying to look for the, it can be thankless and a little bit lonely maybe. Mm -hmm. And so I've been trying to do a better job of when I'm driving into work in the morning, I think through what went right yesterday that on the home front that I can either you know, let you know that I appreciate it. Or sometimes it's even with the kids where like when I first get to the office, I might FaceTime you guys real quick and like, just tell them that I thought what they did the night before was really great or a good job on something at school. Um, yeah, so I'm trying that to, recently. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'm trying to take more time to do that, but that's been something that's been challenging for me. Um, what's been challenging on your end or continues to be something that you're working on? Um, I think it's mostly just adjusting. Well, certainly now, as you've taken on a new job, not just a promotion, but you took a new job. Um, it's it's allowing and it's allowing you to thrive in what you do, while also understanding that because you're doing that, you may be gone a lot. Like you're either traveling or you're just at the office a lot, or like today you. You came home from Springfield and you went to your office to get the car, but then you came home and I asked you, are you coming home? And you said, yeah, but I still have to work. And you, you know, I think you got home around 3.30 or 4 maybe, and you worked until 6.30 in your office. I didn't even talk to you until then, basically. And I was running around doing some errands or, or taking the kids around rather. But nonetheless, I wanted to like come in and talk to you like because you're my wife and I just, I was happy to see you. I, you know, it's only been a day. You were gone for a night, but I'm just happy to see you. I want to talk to you. But I have to be understanding that you you are, you know, you're working during this time. And with your current role now and with your role before too, you're allowed more flexibility, but that doesn't mean that you can just stop doing what you're doing. You're kind of always working and you're always kind of on the hook. Um, and that's another reason why this podcast is something we wanted to do, because this is good quality time for us where you're not able to, and if there was an emergency, I suppose we would just stop and you would have to take care of it. But um, generally speaking, on a Thursday night or whenever we record, it's not going to happen that way. So I think that that's my main, uh, main thing I'm trying to work on is, is just knowing that you are going to be busier and busier. And I've joked around where, you know, you'll come home at seven o'clock, I see you for an hour. And then you're like, I'm going to bed because I got to get up at four 15. And I was like, all right, well, I'll see you on the weekend or whatever. <laughs> and I'm joking around, but I'm partially serious as well. Like I'm kind of bummed that I'm not hanging around with you, but I have to be like, no, oh, no, that's okay. She's got to work. We're going to have time. It's going to pay off. 
um, it already is paying off because of what we're able to do and the things we're afforded through your hard work. And I think it's, it's just an adjustment again, amongst other things, um, that, that, you know, we're both just kind of working on. And I, you know, I have noticed you giving more praise. Um, again, I'm not necessarily looking for it, but it does feel good when I get that text message or when you do FaceTime and tell the kids, you know, Hey, by the way, thanks for, you know, you had a bad day one time last week and Lily brought in like a Valentine's day card or something. And you thought that was really sweet of her and you told her the next day. And I think they pick up on that stuff and, and I do too. So I think that's what you and I are trying to do with this unconventional relationship. And it's only going to get better as time goes on. I know I've told you that before too. I said, with me staying at home, like just, we got to keep going. And as time goes on, it's going to get better and better. I can already sense it better than it was before, at least for me. Like if you asked me in 20, September, October of 2018, how I was doing, um, or in January of 2019, and you ask me now, I can tell you right now, it's a, there's a big difference with how I feel. I mean, I, I, there's multiple times a day where I'm thinking to myself, like I'm in such a great position. I'm very happy. I have my moments just like anyone else does. Um, and this is a job for me. I might not go to an office and someone's not giving me a paycheck, but I'm still working, I'm still doing things I might not always want to do um, and dealing with things I might not want to deal with um, just like anyone else. But it's for me, it's very fulfilling and rewarding when we get to go do things like, for instance, what we did in January when we got to I got to bring the kids down and meet you in Orlando to do some Disney and Harry Potter stuff because you had work down there and we're like, Hey, let's, let's go down and bring the kids. And, you know, I didn't have to take time off of work. I just had to call the kids out of school for a day or two and, and we had a blast. So those are the things I cherish. And I think about, even though this is an unconventional relationship. So it starts with having open communication and listening to the little whispers about how you envision your life, communicating that with your partner, finding ways to turn that into reality. We did not start with you staying at home. That took us... We had to build up to it. That took us eight years of getting to that point. So I think that's important to note. But yeah. that was eight years of us having a conversation about where we wanted to wind up and doing what it took to make that happen. So mm -hmm. that's that's key in the beginning. I think the second piece is being willing to go off script of what is supposed to be your role mm -hmm. um, on both sides of the coin. And then the the... The third thing is just there's going to be challenges that you continue to work through as there would be for any roles that any we were role. playing, um, but acknowledging those and just continuing to try to get better at them, I think is really good. The last thing that I think has been a good learning through all of this is what it demonstrates for the kids mm -hmm. that you staying at home and me working and them kind of seeing us figure out roles and work through stuff. I just think that's really good for kids to be able to see that there's all sorts of ways to do things and it doesn't right. have to be linear and one approach. Um, they've also seen us work through some of the challenges with it. And I think that's been good for them to see that things aren't going to be perfect all the time and you have to right. break it down and you have to 
um, you know, continue to work at it. And so it's a work in progress for sure. Yeah. So I think that's been good for them to see too. And hopefully we're demonstrating for them that, you know, there's a lot of possibilities for the way that you can live your life. So, yeah. you know, we're still on the journey, but it's And been, we will be for hopefully a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's been great so far. It has. And it's, yeah, I'll, I'll add on to that, that um, I think it's good as well that the kids see what we're doing. And I tell them quite often um, how hard you work and what you bring to the table, literally and figuratively. And they, of course, they see what I do physically every day. And, and I think that that's good for them to see me do what I do. So... So I think the moral of the story is if you can stay humble and if you can give yourself the grace for the leeway to go off what you're supposed to do and really take this concept of unconventional and take that to mean it can be whatever whatever you need it to be. There, do, yeah. You don't need titles. You don't need supposed tos, obligations. Give yourself the grace to live the life that is aligned with the vision that you have for how you want your life to be. And the values that you hold. And constantly like anchor yourself to that and, you know, fine tune your approach to it. I think that this concept of unconventional relationships or unconventional ways of living is really liberating. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, I think that about sums it up for this week's episode. So hopefully you guys liked what you heard and have some insights and thoughts and feel free to provide feedback and whatnot on our social media. It's facebook.com slash summerstimepodcast. And uh, we look forward to bringing you more content next week. Thanks a lot.